You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Welcome to Big News Sports featuring Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author of 12 books and a 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality, and Christian Miller, a national championship-winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. Hey, welcome into the program, Matt Lars. Sep is manning the station back in Tuscaloosa at our flagship, which is tied 100.9. Appreciate everybody dialing us up. Again, we've got a full plate. we got a dynamite guest list. And, and uh, known this guy for 40 years. Everybody in the state, well, everybody in the nation probably knows who David Housel is. Former Auburn Sports Information Director. Then he became the Athletics Director. And now he writes books and he sits in the back of a little pub slash deli called Chappies. In fact, he wrote a book about just that. David Hauser will be joining us at 1230. And then I think the world, particularly the sports world, is still a buzz. And in some cases, Matt Coulter included, is aflame with what happened in the announcement of the PGA, the Live Golf and DP European Tour. Uh, it has aggravated many, and I think everybody here knows that uh, it's aggravated Matt as well. But that being said, Lars, welcome to the program. All righty then. Having a little bit of trouble with our feed here, but that happens from time to time. Yep. Technology is advanced and sounds terrific. Lars, you there now? I am. I apologize for that. Had a little uh, little issue, but. Uh, yeah, uh, sports world definitely still um, scratching its collective head about uh, the merger of uh, Live and PGA and the European Tour. And uh, we'll get into that in, in depth today and also uh, preview Alabama playing uh, uh, Wake Forest, the number one overall seed in the baseball tournament. Can Alabama pull off the upset? Uh, at Wake against a, uh, a a really talented team that has uh, wonderful pitching. And uh, so there's a, a lot to get into. Usually this time of year, the sports uh, world is pretty quiet, but uh, not right now, Matt. No, I'd really like to be talking about the Braves a little bit. Uh, but, and we can. I mean, we got two hours here, Lars. Let's talk all about it. But I think a lot of people are talking. When I got up this morning, I started reading the newspaper, which is, I'm sorry, I, I'm going to keep saying that. It means I was looking at my phone. Uh, but uh, what about uh, Nick Saban? Mr. Saban goes to D.C., goes to Washington. Coach goes to Washington. He is there today in an effort to what he called educate and hopefully create a competitive balance when it comes to NIL. Uh I was listening to another program. I would give them credit if I could remember, but I listened to a lot of stuff all day. But the person said, this is the start of a start. I thought that was pretty accurate. Let's get some information. Let's lay down a base. Let's explain to the lawmakers in Washington, D.C. exactly what is going on. Then we can set up a committee. We can get people involved. We can actually start changing things. Is my perspective spot on there or not? Uh, yeah, it's, it is spot on. 
Um, Nick Saban and uh, representatives from uh, the Southeastern Conference, including Sankey, um, are in Washington uh, today and tomorrow to basically uh, lobby members of Congress to act on uh, all of the issues that are confronting college football, namely NIL. And hey, uh, you know, who's a better recruiter than Nick Saban? Maybe uh, Saban can recruit some congressmen to actually uh, to act, but it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Uh, I mean, Saban and the SEC hope that Congress will step in and and help the NCAA clean up the, the mess by allowing athletes to earn money through NIL. Um, and uh, the, the, the problem is they have been talking about this in different uh, different committees, both in the Senate and the House, for over four years, and not a single a piece of uh, paper has emerged from these tiny committees to go to a larger committee, then to go to the full floor for debate and vote. And it, it's just, uh, it, it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to, to get the federal government to step in and handle this problem. I, I applaud Saban and, and the SEC for trying to be proactive um, and trying to, you know, get guardrails on NIL because right now different states have different laws which allow uh, uh, these, uh, which allow schools and and you know groups associated with the schools to to throw as much money as they want at players to get them to come to the school, and it's just uh, it becomes a bidding war. And if your state has a cap on what you can spend, then uh, you will likely, you know, you won't be able to, you won't be able to, <laughs> to throw as much money at uh, at at the at the kids who are, um, you know, coming out of high school. So Saban wants, and and like like so many, uh, including most fans, most reporters, I think anybody who watches college football. They just want a level playing field. They want a, a set of rules and guidelines and guardrails that everybody has to abide by. And um, I don't think that this is going to be the path that's going to work. I've, I think that uh, uh, when we spoke to Tim Brando a couple of days ago or last week, I think he was on to something that I think is going to take athletic directors uh, across the country to try to figure something out. But... Um, because Congress, by and large, is a reactive body, not a proactive body. And it's to get something done, some form of legislation done, something catastrophic has to happen. And nothing catastrophic is happening here. And plus, how would you get a congressman from Texas where they can just spend unlimited amount of money and they have unlimited amount of resources. Why would he go along with something that's going to hurt the University of Texas, right? Um, well, you'd so, like to say, oh, they know it's for the yeah, benefit. Yeah, oh, for, the, for the greater yeah, good, greater, good greater, right. Well, no, you, you, you know what the Texas yeah, for that? Yeah, it's you up know, their oil well. well. Well, you know what every congressman and congresswoman has in mind when they vote? 
Are they going to get reelected? Is it going to help them get reelected? It's all about survival, right? And it's not. It's not. Uh, they're not. They're not in it for the the. You know uh, what Aristotle called virtue. They're not in government to uh, promote virtue in American society. They're in American government for the most part to uh, stay in power, stay in leadership. And uh, so I'm just very, very skeptical um, that uh, it's going to it's going to anything's going to come out of this and uh and 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 you know uh it's like p- players are being paid to transfer now they're being paid not to transfer uh recruiters like i said are going to the highest bidder uh these nil collectives that we've been talking about for a long time they're like basically running college football from behind the scenes and it's just uh it's a mess it is just a mess, and I don't know how there's any way out of it. And now you also have some snarky reporters across the country saying, oh, Saban, he can't stand this uh, because he realizes that Alabama can't compete uh, in this new NIL landscape. Well, look at recruiting rankings. Alabama was number one by a long ways last year, and they're currently ranked number two in the class of 2024. So I think Saban's doing just fine uh, adapting to this new environment. But I I do think he is actually looking out for the greater good of college football. And I'm sure there's a part of him too, and I know I'm going on and on here, that is just, he's just tired of dealing with all this, right? Like there's just... It has made to be it, a football coach. Yeah, it has made head coaches, made the head coach's job so much more complicated because there are so many more issues that come across his desk every single day that have absolutely nothing to do with uh, sort of X's and O's or, um, you know, player helping a player with a particular problem or you know it's all about uh, hey does the collective have enough money to give this player what they think they're worth you know and uh, georgia has already offered this much can we match that and you know it's just uh who knows exactly what is happening behind the scenes right we don't know but uh that's what i imagine is going on yeah, I think you can suspect a lot of bidding wars, uh, especially when it comes to the transfer portal. But it's probably happened at the high school level, too. I mean, I know it is. I mean, look look what uh, Manning supposedly got and is reported to have uh, received, I guess, in benefits when he was being recruited. The biggest problem overall is they made no rules to begin with. Now, how are you going to govern it? It's just the old getting the toothpaste back in the toothpaste tube and it's just you can't do it. It's just, yeah. And particularly and also, when you've got Texas uh, recruiting and Texas money as opposed to what they might be able to do in South Carolina. And also uh, look at what the Supreme Court has said, right? Uh, they uh, just in a, in a fairly recent opinion um, that was unanimous that they ruled that the NCAA couldn't bar modest payments, just even modest payments to college athletes. And uh, it was Justice uh, Brett Kavanaugh who uh, wrote in the concurring opinion 
Uh, quote, nowhere else in America can businesses get away with agreeing not to pay their workers a fair market rate on the theory that their product is defined by not paying their workers a fair market rate. And under ordinary principles of antitrust law, it is not evident why college sports should be any different. The NCAA is not above the law. So the Supreme Court, look, even if Congress were to pass something, which which did put guardrails in, just look at what the Supreme Court has said. And so you could get players to fight or to challenge this in court, and they ultimately would win, And you, right? I mean, again, I'm no lawyer, but it's like precedent has been set here. And so if you artificially uh, lower or cap what a free market employee can make the Supreme Court is going to be saying, no, that's against the law and it will strike down. So Congress would have to, I don't know, it takes some nifty language to try to figure out a way around the court's opinion. That's a, that's our, uh, our, our legal lesson of the day, Matt. Thank you. Well, you're our professor. So, I mean, you're our go-to guy when it comes to the law. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was something you brought up about Nick Saban that I want to I want to go into in greater detail when we get back. You listen to Big Noon Sports presented by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. How would you in Birmingham, Alabama? We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoots apparel. Clothing designed for the modern-day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Mizzenamain. And if you haven't tried the Mizzenamain dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. My caretaker was very rough with me. I thought they did it because I wasn't moving fast enough. Elder abuse is a crime, and together we can stop it. If you or someone you know has been abused, neglected, or exploited, call the Adult Abuse Hotline at 1-800-458-7214. That's 1-800-458-7214. Sponsored by the Alabama Department of Human Resources, the Department of Justice, ADECA grant number 18-VA-VS-050, the ABA, and this state. From our home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. 
Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A hot afternoon, the sky partially sunny, the chance of a few isolated showers or storms through the evening hours. The high today, 91, tonight's low, 64. Tomorrow, partially sunny, a chance of widely scattered storms, the high, 86. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 88 degrees in Tuscaloosa. On Big Noon Sports, Matt Colford, Lars Anderson, Seb Shirey. Appreciate everybody dialing us in. Uh, Lars, uh, you touched on it as Mr. Saban goes to Washington um, about how that affects a lot of other people, not just within the SEC, across the nation, because I think he is viewed as kind of being whiny about this. Uh, and I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think he has the best interest of the game in mind, personally. But across the nation, uh, do you think people that have great love for college football would rather have somebody else representing their interests than Nick Saban, who's won all these national championships, continues to do all the great recruiting, and yet still uh, is looked upon as somebody that's complaining about the whole system? Um, That's a good question. But, you know, he's not representing the whole country he's just a part of a of a team with the sec you know the the big 10 is certainly uh they could send they could send their own contingent up to dc or so could the acc or uh the pac-12 big 12 um so i i think that um saban is not a well-liked figure around the country uh, it, it, people are fascinated by Saban. Uh, Saban is viewed as like just this sort of, uh, you know, uh, like this sort of robotic winner and, uh, and just turns out national championship after national championship. He's viewed as kind of a curmudgeon who uh, doesn't smile, who, uh, you know, doesn't, uh, doesn't really uh, uh, soak in the, the glory of the win. I mean, you remember the story of, and this is just one of hundreds, but the story of him after winning the, his first national championship at Alabama, um, he was on the phone with a recruit, like in the locker room, right? <laughs> because, and he was complaining about how he would lost some time on recruiting because he was preparing for the national championship game against Texas. Uh, I think he's mellowed out a lot since then. Uh, I mean, I, I personally, I like him very much. I find I'm very fond of him. Uh, I think he is one of the smartest men I've ever met in my life. I think if he had gone into business, he would have been successful at whatever business he went into just because of his, uh, his, his drive, his intelligence, his ability to manage people. Um, but I think just overall, I mean, 
Saban views this as legalized cheating of what's happening right now in college football because you couldn't do what what you what everyone is doing just what three years ago four years ago yeah and uh and you know you'd be going on probation you'd heck you'd get the death penalty if you paid nine million dollars for a quarterback <laughs> uh yes, you know you um and, and now it's just uh it's absolutely out of control but i don't know how again you put the the genie back in the bottle and uh uh, and and I know that, that people are working on uh, to, two writers who I know are working on a book uh, about kind of like how did we get here and how do we get out of here and I don't think there's any real clear path out of the 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 system that we're currently in. I mean, just based on like I said, what the Supreme Court has said, uh, Congress's inability to act on anything substantial. I mean, anything substantial, right? Uh, I, I could go into many, many issues where it, it, it just seems abundantly obvious that, that some legislation needs to be passed to uh, stop something or curtail something and it doesn't get passed, right? I mean, they can't agree on anything. Uh, Washington is as divided now as it's ever been. It seems like we keep saying that every year but it actually gets worse every year. It does it's, get worse. It's more pol- it's polarized than ever. Yeah, and I, I'm a big politics person, and you know, I I was a part of Walt Maddox's uh, team that ran uh, when he ran for governor. I was a speechwriter, um, and I really enjoyed that. But uh, it, it's just uh, I, I don't I don't see how we're going to get out of this, Matt, and I don't know that anybody really. Does I mean, you know, uh, Commissioner Sankey had had talked about, well, maybe we could get the uh, the House and the Senate so at the at the state level of the twelve different states that uh, have SEC schools to all agree on a uniform bill <laughs> that would cap spending on uh, on NIL or at least clarify what what NIL means. I mean, I don't even know what NIL means anymore. I I really don't because in theory, well, I, I mean, in, in theory, theory ours, I, it, I get it. I get the theory. Let's, but, let's go back. If, I, if yeah. you don't mind, me, let's go back to what we originally thought it was. I thought that players would be able to make an appearance, get appearance money, sign autographs, have somebody give them five bucks for an autograph. I thought they would get on Twitter, get in, become an influencer, get money that way. I had no idea. Sale of jerseys, right? Up. And very good ones. Sell, sell your picture of an autograph, you know? And that's how you could make some money. That's what it means, right? Name, image, likeness. Yeah. We're not so even I, close. That's no, out of the I, building. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I was almost naive enough to think that this was going to be pl- player generated. Right, the player would like have a, a business partner once he got to school, and or her, and then that person would you know line things up for him. I had no idea that it was going to be recruiting inducements of millions and millions of dollars. I mean, this thing just got off the rails so fast, and it and just now it, the people that have those million dollar deals, you can't take it away. 
I mean, you legally, you legally, you can't do that. So you're going to have to have a grandfather clause if you're going to put somebody a cap on it. You can't put a cap on it. How are you going to stop people from making money now that you've allowed them to? So I, I'm with you, and I think we both are very, very alike in our thinking that name, image, and likeness was uh, good in theory, but in practice, it's not even true. Yeah, it and it's... Uh, it, it, I, I don't even know what to say anymore uh, because it, it's so it's so frustrating. I mean, just uh, just to review, right? Literally, NIL means name, image, and likeness, and it's supposed to refer to the college athlete's ability to profit off of themselves. And the NIL gives players the right to publicity that ordinary citizens already have. Right, but the NCAA previously didn't allow, and so players can accept money from businesses in exchange for using them in in uh, products or advertisements, and they also can promote themselves to other companies in public appearances. So this is what yeah. we thought, and this is what we thought NIL was. So college football good. players, uh, like all other student athletes, they could not do this before while on scholarship. But the NIL rule changed, overturned that precedent completely. And it happened in in that case that I just referenced. It happened in June of 2021 when the Supreme Court unanim unanimously ruled in NCA versus Alston that the NCA was not legally allowed to limit any education related payments to students. Uh, from there, the NCA then deferred to the states and the states created their own NIL rules. Where a state didn't pass a law, schools then changed their own rules. And two, uh, two things uh, remain disallowed by the NCAA, but you can't tell me that these really exist. And one is you can't pay a player. Well, players are being paid. Come on. And there's no quid pro quo. And yes, there is. So um, I, it's just so it was that Supreme Court ruling, which anybody with a brain could see was coming. So but there was no leadership from the NCAA level to figure something out before the court issued that opinion. And once that opinion was issued and the NCA was just caught flat-footed, all hell broke loose. And now there is, I don't think there's any way to fix it. I really don't. It's a, well, this is just, this is, this is just the, the new, start. yeah, it is the start of the start. And there is, it's, it, it may not even be the start of the start. It might be the start of the start of the start of the start. I mean, it might be the start of running <laughs> into a brick wall over and over and yeah. over again, too. Hey, yes. we got David Housel is going to be joining us next on Big Noon Sports, so stay tuned. That'll be very, very entertaining, I'm sure. I'll bet he has some thoughts on NIL. From T Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Discover credit cards automatically. 
The universal truth of women's shoes. The cuter they are, the more they hurt. You have to put your best foot forward, and if your best foot is an ugly shoe, oh my goodness. Lisanne thought she had to choose between looking good and feeling good, until she got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now I can wear the shoes that I've picked out because I like the way they look, not because they were comfortable. Good Feet relieved her pain and her fashion dilemma. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Work is a part of all of us. We know that the world around us has changed. And that's why the Alabama Department of Labor is here to get you back to working hard. Work is a part of all of us. Let us help you get back to it by visiting your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, ETA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Traditionalist, I think schools in the Southeastern Conference ought to be from the Southeastern part of the United States or change the name of the conference. I personally would be very happy going back to the days when Georgia Tech was in the conference. If you want to add somebody, let's add Clemson, Florida State, or somebody like that. But uh, Coach Bryant saw this coming a long time ago, and he thought it. He, he discouraged it then, but I think we're we're about to get where he said we would be. You know, history repeats itself. The Southeastern Conference and the ACC and the Southeast and the Southwestern Conference, the old Southwestern Conference, came out of the Southern Conference, which stretched from Virginia throughout Texas. Finally, they said it's just too big for travel reasons, and they broke into three conferences. Now we're spreading out again, but the issue now is not travel, it's, it's television and the money and the eyes. So. Here again, I, I'm an old guy. I, I, I'm I'm not really excited. But if you got a chance to get Texas and Texas and uh, Oklahoma in the SEC, you got to do it. I know that you got to do it. But I don't have to like it. I'm an old retired guy. I tell you <laughs> one thing that's bothering me though: if they get rid of the Auburn, they being the SEC, if they get rid of the Auburn Georgia game on an annual basis, they have screwed up. And they have lost all sense of propriety. Yeah, uh, I agree. I agree. And hopefully that won't happen. Um, David, can you stick around for a few more minutes through a, through a break? Uh, there's a, a yeah. lot of uh, lot of other issues we'd love to, to, to talk to you about. Let, let me just tease you. I got to ask him about some Pat Dye stuff. And we're going to have some fun on the other side of the break. Thank you, Lars. Thank you, David Housel. You're listening to Big Noon Sports.
covering SEC sports like kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. The Alabama Securities Commission protects you from financial fraud. Anyone asking you for investment money must be licensed. You're careful with your money. Fraudsters aren't. Before you invest, call our hotline at 1-800-222-1253 to verify the licensing of the person making an offer and the product. Don't lose your hard-earned money. Learn to protect yourself at asc.alabama.gov. Paid for by the Investor Protection Trust and brought to you by the Alabama Broadcasters Association and this station. From our home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. I can go from zero to 60 way too fast. <laughs> Who knew electric vehicle owners were having so much fun? 20 or 30 years ago, I owned a, a gas sports car, and this car is much quicker. It's a great, fun car to drive. When you put your foot on the accelerator, it just goes. They're fun, they're fast, they're efficient. Visit driveelectricalabama.com to learn how you can start having fun driving an electric vehicle. Sponsored by the Alabama Clean Fuels Coalition, the ABA, and this station. 365 24-7. You'll find road and utility crews, tow trucks, law enforcement, and first responders working along Alabama's roadway. We're making improvements and helping our communities stay connected. We're working hard to make sure you're safe on the road. Now we need your help to make sure we're safe too. Alabama's move over law requires you to move over a lane when you see flashing lights on the roadside. And if you can't safely move over, please slow down. Visit drivesafealabama.org. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Transportation, Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this station. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. The children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha. I was always on my feet. It was just so painful. Elisa couldn't let her students down. So she stepped up and went to the Good Feet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. But the really good part? It's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A hot afternoon, the sky partially sunny, the chance of a few isolated showers or storms through the evening hours. The high today, 91, tonight's low, 64. Tomorrow, partially sunny, a chance of widely scattered storms, the high, 86. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 88 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big News Sports, Boris Anderson, Matt Cobra, our special guest. 
David Housel. By the way, this show is being brought to you by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. Larson. Yeah, David, um, what are your thoughts on playoff expansion? Uh, are you in favor of it? And uh, do you think we'll ultimately get to, I don't know, a 16-team playoff or... Uh, what do, what do you where, where do you envision all of this ending up? Well, I think I think you have to be bigger than four to be fair to the competitors. Sixteen that's that's an awful lot of teams. And Roy Kramer, the former SEC commissioner, said the more you expand the playoff, the less you value the regular season. And uh, that is a very true statement. The regular season is what makes college football. Uh, the, the financial numbers, uh, I don't know how they compare anymore, but when you start making more money off television rights to the playoff than you do off your regular season television package, when you start losing season ticket holders and, and Tide Pride and Tigers Unlimited people, because they're saving their money to go to the playoff. When uh, when the regular season no longer matters, you probably kill that goose that's laid the golden egg. Uh, I really don't care how many teams they have. Uh, I think 16 is probably too many. I think eight or maybe a few more would be all right. But I, I, we have to protect the regular season. That's, that's my only thoughts on it. David, I was blessed enough to have um, covered Auburn during the Pat Dye era, and uh, what a character. Uh, tough as a pine knot. Um, you don't know. Lot, oh, I, you yeah, don't know. You do know better than I do. And that leads to my question. Because part of Pat Dye's charm was his ability to mess up verbally. And uh, like when he said hindsight is 50-50. Uh, he referred to his well, kicker once, Scott. Well, yeah, it is now. Uh, Scott, Scott Etheridge, he referred to his kicker as effeminate, and he, he later apologized for that. But did you uh, did you have to kind of keep a, 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 an extra ear up when he walked up to the podium? Yeah, yes and no. Uh, as you said earlier, Pat, part of Pat Dye's charm was when, what you heard from Pat Dye and what you saw from Pat Dye, that was Pat Dye raw and unfiltered. Uh, he was a good man. I thoroughly enjoyed working for him most of the time. And uh, he, he, was just, he was who he was. What you see what you see is what you get. And you know, there's a beauty about that. Nowadays, everybody is coached as a script they read from and, and that kind of thing. Pat Dye was just pure Pat Dye. I, yeah, and I didn't. I didn't sit there as an SID, thinking, worrying about what he was going to say <laughs> next. No, but when those things came up, you just thought, oh, oh, we're going to have to work on that. Uh, looking back on your career, what is the most memorable college football game that you attended that you saw with your own eyes? Wow. <laughs> Lars, you're too good a journalist to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> you know that. Well, on the other hand, they say, as a lawyer, don't ever ask a question you don't know the answer to. Uh, I, I, know, I know you got a lot of Alabama listeners, and I hope 30-whatever years is 
ended some of the anxiety they feel about it. But it would have been the 89 Alabama. First time Alabama came here. And uh, let me tell you, had I been an Alabama guy, I wouldn't have fought coming. I wouldn't have fought coming with everything I had because Alabama had an advantage in Birmingham. Uh, <laughs> I laugh and say, kick six wouldn't have happened in Birmingham. Somehow that sideline would have moved. I don't really know if that would have happened. But I, w- I, I would have resisted coming here. But bottom line is, a home team has a right to choose where it plays its home game. And that's been borne out, and everybody's happy now. So, But for that day, December 2nd, 89, uh, that was the biggest game, uh, biggest athletic event I was ever a part of. Just a quick note, David. When I saw that the Auburn, that Jordan-Hare Stadium had a orange and blue haze because the fans had shaken their shakers to death before kickoff. I said, I think Alabama's in trouble. And it turned out they were. Uh, just highlight as we wrap up here, David, uh, highlight some of your favorite guys that you like to cover that were, were easy on the sports information department. Uh, what are a few guys like that? And don't limit it to football. Yeah, you mean... Uh from an Auburn standpoint, or guys I co- actually covered, guys you uh, worked no, with, I mean, yeah, yeah, the guys you the, the play like Bo and um, okay. you know Frank Thomas. I think I think I'd have to go back to Greg Carr, Randy Campbell. Hmm. Uh, wow! And the funniest funniest thing I remember is Brent Fullwood, and maybe James Joseph, but Brent Fullwood would always do the interviews. Back when we set him up after lunch at Shula Hall on Tuesday, he would always do the interviews. But he would also say, Mr. David, I'm going to do the interview, but it's going to be after 1 o'clock. I'll be there about 10 minutes after 1, 5 minutes after 1. And he was always there. You know why he set that time limit? Why? Not because of class, but because that's when all my children were on. <laughs> and, he was, and, and Brent Fullwood was hooked on all my children. And, uh, and that's one of the funnier things. And I, I remember vividly the first interview Bo Jackson gave after, gave after he came. It was with um, Marvin West and George Lapidus. Marvin West of the Knoxville New Sentinel and George Lapidus of the Memphis paper. Uh, Bo, as you know, had a stuttering problem. We were very shy. But uh, that was a, I don't say groundbreaking, but that was, we didn't know how that would go. And, yeah, we purposefully picked George and Marvin. And uh, it worked out well, and I think the rest is history. David, the most dominating college football player I've seen over the course of one season uh, was Cam Newton. How about you? Who who was the uh, just again like the most dominating, the, the the best college football player that you've seen with your own eyes? Well, I think you'd have to say Cam Newton was. Auburn people used to argue who was a better quarterback, Cam Newton or Pat Summer. To me, I don't think there was any any doubt that it was Cam Newton. Pat can throw the ball probably better than Cam. But he, uh, Cam can do so many things. He was a much better runner, and he can throw it. And 
Uh, I think Cam Newton and Bo Jackson would have to be the ones that highlighted my my career here. Of course, you got Herschel Walker. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I saw Michael Jordan play at North Carolina. I, I've seen a lot of great players. Been blessed to see him. David, we're out of time. I, I, I ask my, you one quick more question, and that's uh, I got a w- question tra- from Lars. Yes. You working on any more books? I am, I am, and uh, it, I'll be able to reveal it. <laughs> I can't right now, unfortunately, but uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's right. It's a, it's an expose on uh, no. It, it's a, it's a book that is hopefully going to be inspirational. But uh, I appreciate you so much, David, because you. Uh, you promote my books for me so well on, on Facebook and, and, uh, of, and other, other places. Yes, <laughs> David, how's Chappie's well, going? Chappie's is doing very well. I was there this morning. You guys ought to come down and join me. I'm, I'm going to do that. Uh, what about to. your book? What do you got going on? Oh, I, I don't have anything going on. I write a little column on occasion when the spirit moves me. But uh, I don't have any more book plans. So if I live long enough and find enough time, you know, it, it might turn out to be another one. I'm sure Tommy Ford would love to collaborate with you. Tommy's a good man. Yeah, he is. You know, I've, I've, I've been hankering to go to Tuscaloosa to see Tommy and some of my other friends up there. I don't travel much anymore. I'm, I'm handicapped at our walker. Traveling is a challenge and it's tough, but I don't want to see some of those guys. We're going to come to you. Yeah, we will. That'd be for great. Sure. That'd be yeah, great. We'll come to Cappy's. I, I met you there about a year or so ago and enjoyed it thoroughly. Thank you for your time, David. Really yeah, good thank stuff. You, thank David. you, David. Awesome. Great great talking to you, David. Call me anytime, guys. Thanks. Thank you. I don't know if we can top that, but we'll try next hour on Big Noon Sports. probably seen their clothing around town on game days but check out christopher mobley on the strip it's luxury game day apparel redefined it's the only place in town where you can find todd hoops apparel clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur golf enthusiast and athleisure fanatic they've got peter millar viore grayson and mizzenamain and if you haven't tried the mizzenamain dress shirts you've got to you can find them at 1410 university boulevard on the strip also they've got a great e-commerce site at christophermobley.shop so check out christopher mobley luxury game day apparel redefined Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Hey, G2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back on Big News Sports, Matt Coulter and Lars Anderson really enjoyed the discussion with David Housel there, didn't you, Lars? Yes, he is one of my favorite people uh, that I have gotten to know over the years. And um, I, I got to say, the uh, the sports information department at Auburn has just always been 
terrific, like uh, among the best in America. Uh, when I was covering college football, you know, for years and years for Sports Illustrated and traveling around each year, uh, um, each season, I'd get to know various SIDs. And uh, the policy at Auburn was always just, hey, come and hang out, you know, and, and who do you need? How much time do you need? Uh, do you want to, like, go out to lunch? And, and uh, they've just always have been uh, just so, so terrific. Uh, Kirk Sampson, uh, all the way back to uh, uh, Kent uh, Pavelka. Was Kent it? Or Partridge. Kent, Kent Partridge. Partridge, yeah, excuse me, yeah. Kent Partridge. And uh, I'll never forget the very first time I ever traveled for Sports Illustrated was to Auburn. And it was a uh, season preview story. Uh, It must have been 1995, I think. And uh, it was when Auburn went undefeated, but they were on probation and they couldn't. And, and so it was the was next. Terry fall. Bowden they, was the head Yeah. Coach. Yeah. And so I, I went golfing with Terry Bowden. I mean, you know, it, it was just like, hey, just ride with Terry, <laughs> ride with Terry for a few holes. And I'll never forget the very first holes of par three. Uh, Terry comes about an inch of hitting a hole in one. And I used uh, I used that seen as the lead of the story um there are just some stories you never forget i mean that was obviously the the first one and i'd never been to the deep south before and uh yeah it was it was eye-opening uh i remember it was just really really hot as well but uh it's it's always hot right like you're the first person to say that (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) Um, but i understand i I never got well do do you well do you remember um I mean, do you remember your first real assignment, like going on the road? Like, I mean, it, to uh, me, I mean, I'll just never forget going to Auburn and and again, just how well I was treated, and and then that 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 continued all the way, you know, for years and years and years. Um, I told you and Al Del Greco this the other day. The first college football game I covered was Auburn versus Kentucky when Del Greco nailed six field goals. Oh, wow. uh, And that was also, what a mind-blowing experience. And and I tell people this all the time, and you you probably do as well. So I have the greatest job in the world. I get preferred parking, they feed me, and I sit on the 50-yard line. (laughs) How much better is that? (laughs) And then David Housel, when you went, and then I went up there, and I would been told about them feeding the media but david housel green beans mashed potatoes yeah chicken dressing yeah Um, oh my gosh it's like you needed to take a nap you needed to take a nap after you had your pre-game meal yeah i remember that too uh the first game i covered down at auburn just the, the food was unbelievably good um, oh, and desserts, and, man. He uh, had like peach cobbler and strawberry shortcake. I'll, it was. Uh, I, I, I was single at the time. It was my best meal of the week. <laughs> um, gosh, one time at uh, New Hampshire International Speedway, uh, going to uh, the covering a race there. The traffic was just always horrible at New Hampshire. It's like one little road in and one road out. But anyway, uh, the. Um, press meal was uh lobster i couldn't believe it it was it was lobster tails for the entire media 
It was so good. It was All like right. fr- freshly cut lobster. It's funny, like any any media member, it's like they will remember not so much the game, <laughs> but they'll remember the food that they were yeah. served. And it really bothers me. Like, you know, I follow so many different uh, media people on Twitter. When people complain about the free food, free about, food. The, about the quality of the free food that they're being served, uh, that's I, I start to have an issue with that. And, you know, when I was at uh, Columbia, my one of my my one of my professors who just meant the world to me and I'm still in touch with and he changed the entire trajectory of my life. His name's Sandy Padway and he was kind of this old curmudgeon of an editor. He was a, he was an editor at uh, Philadelphia Inquirer and then uh, then at Sports Illustrated. Uh, but Sandy, very first day of class, he brings in a brown paper sack, brown paper bag. And uh, he's like, why do you think I have this? And we kind of went around the room and nobody had any idea. And this was just like, you know, sports writing class. And he, he used that as a prop to emphasize never eat the food that they give you because it will compromise your coverage of, of that team. Because you're going to be more inclined to write something favorable if they give you a gift. And free food is a gift. And so, I mean, I understand that that's a hardline stance, but the, but the point is very important and it's totally lost today. And that is you, you just, you need to maintain objectivity at all costs, right? And everybody's gonna bring their own bias to a story, but as long as you acknowledge that bias, whether it's in print or uh, in video or, or whatever, I, I think it's okay. Um, but you know, there have been so many uh, people, so many reporters over the years who end up covering the school that they graduated from and that information kind of gets lost. Uh, I, I don't like that. Um, and I, I think you know of like kind of a few of the people who I'm talking about, Matt. But um, I, I just, uh, yeah. I mean, and of course, you know, I try to limit my 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 food intake at different places. But hey, if they're giving away free lobster, you got to take it. So uh, seems like we yeah. lost Matt for a second there, Lars. Oh no, no problem at all. No problem. But. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's the uh, journalism lesson for the day. And uh, we're going to work on getting Matt uh, back up and running. And uh, so let's take a break. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. We'll be right back. Sports Talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. With summer. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A hot afternoon, the sky partially sunny, the chance of a few isolated showers or storms through the evening hours. The high today, 91, tonight's low, 64. Tomorrow, partially sunny, a chance of widely scattered storms, the high, 86. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 89 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big 
Racing Union Home Mortgage. Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson, and now being joined by former Auburn and PGA Tour golfer Buddy Gardner. Buddy, what's up? What's the last what the last time you played? What you shoot? Uh, zip code. <laughs> hey, uh, buddy. First time I played in over three years, and I played the stadium course at CBC. I didn't really do all that well. <laughs> Did you say it's the first time but, you played in three years? Yep. Is that due to is that due to injury or burnout? Yeah, yeah, injury. I can't. I've got neck, elbow, shoulder. I got everything, yeah. and I've got vertigo. <laughs> and so it's hard oh. enough to hit that golf ball when it's still, much less when it's moving. <laughs> wow. Wow, I didn't know that, buddy. Well, God bless, and, and yeah. I hope you get healthy on that. And I appreciate you joining us. And, you know, we we caught up with you a couple of weeks ago. I think at the time we were talking about PGA or maybe the Masters. But uh, catching up with you again, yeah. and you, yeah. you obviously know why. Um, I, Lars and I, neither one can wrap our head around this unification between DP, PGA, and Live Golf. Can you? I have no clue. I've sort of been reading and watching on TV, and uh, I don't think they have a clue. <laughs> I mean, I know that players are not happy. Uh and I don't blame them. I mean, they were left in the cold. And, uh, you know, these guys, you know, that stuck with a tour like Jordan Spieth and, you know, John Rahm and Tiger and Roy and all that, they didn't know a thing about it. And uh, I guess on a deal like that, read a quote from Jimmy Dunn that, he says, the less people involved, the more, the less problems you'll have. And I don't understand that. Uh, the first people I would have gone to with players, but, you know, trying to keep her secret with players is not an easy thing to do. But yeah. I, 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 tell you, I tell you, honest God, truth, I don't know how it's going to work. I just read something else where Monahead walked in that room yesterday in Canada and said, well, boys, we're going to be playing in shorts now. And I find that rather disturbing. Uh, I I think that, I I think that shows you who's calling the shots, right? (laughs) Well, It's 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 the it's the guy with six hundred billion dollars. It's not uh, Moynihan. Exactly. I well, they were, and I mean, this is just my guess. They were going to break the tour in lawsuits. I mean, because yeah, they're not going to run out of money. They, the PGA Tour would run out of money fighting these lawsuits and all that crap. So I guess they got together and. Try to figure out what the right thing is to do. I don't agree with it. But, yeah. uh, I mean, my opinion doesn't matter anymore. You know, I'm through and I wish him well. 
there's going to be some there's going to be some friction out there. I can assure you of that. And I don't I don't know how in the world it's going to all work. Nobody, yeah. I don't I, I don't think they do either. Be honest to God, truth. Uh, I don't think so either. And it, it, to me, like, this is as shocking as uh, you know, Nick Saban taking the Auburn job, right? Like, <laughs> it's hard It's hard to wrap your mind around what is going on here. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I guess one question that I would have is, it, how close are the guys on the PGA Tour? And do you think the fact that um, you know the, the 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 elite players who stayed on the PGA Tour and turned down literally millions and millions of dollars to just to put their name on a contract and get a signing bonus and how that is ever going to be remedied? I don't know, and I don't think it will. I mean, it, it's it's guys like it's the guys who were loyal, like Rory and then Jordan, who end up the big losers here in my mind because they ended up losing out on so much money that they will most likely never receive unless the the Saudis decide to, I don't know, uh, uh, just throw some cash at them to make them happy. But the bigger question, how, 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 how tight do you think the guys, and just from your experience, how tight are the guys on tour and, and will there be sort of this separation between the loyalists and, and, and the and the uh, and the disloyalists, so to speak? Yeah, that's a dead gum good question. And I just read something on Twitter uh, that uh, that Tiger and Roy would be compensated. For their loyalty to the PGA Tour, and I, I believe it came from Jay Monahan. Don't hold the gun to my head, but I mean, how do you pay them and don't pay John Rahm, or don't pay Jordan Spieth, or don't pay Ricky Fowler, or don't you know whomever suck it out? Uh, I just I don't get it. Yeah, Scotty Scheffler. My gosh, I mean, uh, I it, I guess they had to pull the trigger on this thing because I think the the lawsuit end of it and the lawyers were going to end up busting up the PGA Tour. That's just my take. Now, no, I, I think you're my, right. I think you're right. And and, and 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 Liv just has a bottomless pit of money. Right, so they can just wrap this up in court forever. Um, just one other question, and before we go back to you, Matt, uh, and this is kind of on a just a different subject, but who, what golfer do you really enjoy watching today? Is there is there one golfer who's like who's just is must see TV for you? Yeah, I like to watch Roy and. Uh, you know, I, lo- I love watching Kepka. I mean, he's like a mad dog when he gets around that lead. Uh, he's, he don't spit that bit out when he gets in the lead or close to the lead. He is hammered down. Uh, and I like 
Scotty Scheffler. I mean, if Scotty Scheffler would have putted, if I could have putted for him, which I can't putt anymore either, but if I could have putted for him, I think he'd have won the tournament by 10 shots last week. And he's my pick for this week. I, I hope he's home practicing. If he's not playing in Canada, I think I, if he he just hit so many good golf shots and you know the last six weeks or so is or two months this putter is just he was making everything and now he's making nothing how does that uh, happen how, do, how does that is there is there a way to I, i'm sure you've thought about this quite years. a bit <laughs> yeah i mean is there is there a, 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 a i don't know do, do you do do you just sort of lose your feel on the green or what what happens to uh, what, you you know, it looks like he was he was seeing. I mean, he looked like he was hitting good putts, but you know, the ones he you know really missed, he looked like he never had any confidence in what he was doing on his line or anything. But I mean, how can you fault this guy? I think he's made fourteen million dollars this year, uh, but. He, if he plays like he's been playing and he puts average next week, uh, Los Angeles Country Club is hard as the dickens. And uh, I, w- I wouldn't bet against him. If, well, I, just, I wouldn't bet against him. Uh, you know, and I think Kepka's going to play good. Uh, I think Roy had is spending so much. I don't even know how he's playing. I don't even know what he shot this morning, but uh, it's just everything's in such a disarray. I I feel for him. And, uh, you know, I, I think it was a sad day for golf yesterday, but it was, it was coming. I mean, I did think that the Saudis would end up winning eventually the PGA Tour would I mean they're going to run out of money Saudi's art no kidding and uh, it's just a just a sad situation I, I assume they'll get it all worked out eventually but I mean I'm at a loss for words of telling you how it's going to work I think we all are. Um, hey, buddy, off the, the Live Golf PGA DP, you won uh, in 90, the Ben Hogan Panama City Beach Classic. Uh, That's right. I didn't realize this. You were playing uh, out of ombre. I love that course. Um, I did. Did you? It's closed did you have a, now. Is it? Uh, I guess Michael sure, probably yeah. did that or one of one of the hurricanes. Did you get a chance to meet Ben Hogan? Because he was uh, quite an interesting fellow, to put it mildly. I never met him. Uh, Wes Burnham, who was the part or- owner of the Ombre, uh, he had that he had an etching of Ben Hogan done of that one iron that he hit on the 18th hole at uh, Marion when he won the Open there. Right. And they, a guy somewhere around Panama City did it. It's the that gummest thing I've ever seen. And they took it out, Mr. Hogan, 
and a guy drove a truck out there, you know, they padded it. I think it was insured for like a million dollars. And uh, they showed it to Ben Hogan. And, man, he said, y'all come on in. It feels like my birthday. He says, nobody's ever done anything this nice for me. And he was, I mean, if you've never seen it, it's, there's nothing like it. Nothing like it. I, uh, I didn't. I I did go to Shady Oaks uh, one afternoon with uh, my friend Dave Eichelberger. We crawled on our belly for a hundred yards with two pair of binoculars and watched him hit balls for about an hour. It was it was pretty impressive. But I never never met him. But uh, you know, my friends down there in Panama City that went out there and got him to sign that that. He was awesome. I mean, he was just so shocked at what it was. Uh, but I, I, no, I did not ever have the pleasure of meeting him. Hey, buddy, before we let you go, one final question, and I've asked you to tell this story, but not here on this news show. But will you tell people uh, about the putt you had to make and the significance of it? in order to qualify for the Masters. Yeah, I was on the 18th hole at Cherry Hills, and I was playing with Jack Nicklaus. And I made an eagle and two birdies that day. And and Jack, uh, Jack on number, I believe it was number 12, was a par three. He birdied that hole five of the lead. And I swear to goodness, the ground shook and I mean I was freaking out and, but anyway Jack ended up making a bogey and a double and whatever we get to the last hole and the wind's going 40 miles an hour right to left and I hit a one iron about a foot in the fairway to the right and ended up about a foot in the fairway to the left it's a very slopey fairway and I hit a four iron and killed it and uh, I hit it to the back of the green and so now I'm going dead downwind and I put it down there about four feet from the hole and God made that butt I didn't I was so nervous I knew what it meant and uh, we walked off the green and Jack shook my hand. He said, man, that was a great round. It's one you'll always remember. And I said, no kidding. And I, you know, he was not thinking about what he finished. He was just happy for me. Uh, that always meant a lot to me. I, I think a lot of Jack Nichols and Arnold. I mean, all those guys that I played with, I mean, they were just Super people. I mean, I, I got along with all of them, and uh, I mean, I, I you know, I hate to be stumbling around, but I just it's going to be really interesting to see how this all works. I y'all get some inside scoop. Call me, let me know. <laughs> I, 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 I watched yeah. it last night, and uh, I just I finally said, you know, I've had enough. I got to go to sleep. I mean, this people complaining and yelling and this and that. And I think the players 
are going to suffer from this. And I think there will be a trickle-down effect through the whole organization. Because the Saudi guy, I guess he's putting up most of the money. But Monaghan is going to run the tour. I don't I don't see that happening. I just... Buddy, uh, next time we do this, um, you want to tell, <laughs> want you to tell us about being on the road with Freddie Couples, if we can do that. Uh, anyway, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you guys are pretty tight. Buddy, uh, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate your thoughts, and uh, we'll do this again very soon. Thank you, buddy. Okay, good. Good uh, talking to you guys. You too. Thank you. Uh, and what a good guy. Um, He's in the hey. same boat that we're in. Confusion. Yeah. <laughs> we have no idea <laughs> why, what's going on in you the know, world of golf. And you know what? In two days, Lars, this topic, and I know this is what we do, okay? I am not complaining. I love what we do. We talk about sports. But I have become in two days as annoyed by this topic because I don't know anything as I have by NIL and the transfer portal. But hey, come up with something next, something fun. Let's do something fun when we get back on Big Noon Sports presented by Haley Sansing, Union Home Warden. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. The universal truth of women's shoes. The cuter they are, the more they hurt. You have to put your best foot forward, and if your best foot is an ugly shoe, oh my goodness. Lisa Ann thought she had to choose between looking good and feeling good. Until she got fitted for arch supports at the Goodfeet store. Now I can wear the shoes that I've picked out because I like the way they look, not because they were comfortable. Goodfeet relieved her pain and her fashion dilemma. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. seen their clothing around town on game days but check out christopher mobley on the strip it's luxury game day apparel redefined it's the only place in town where you can find todd hoops apparel clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur golf enthusiast and athleisure fanatic they've got peter millar viore grayson and mizzen and and if you haven't tried the mizzen and dress shirts you've got to you can find them at 1410 university boulevard on the strip also they've got a great e-commerce site at christophermobley.shop so check out christopher mobley luxury game day apparel redefined did you know not washing your hands after using the bathroom can increase the spread of hepatitis A? Washing your hands with soap and water, as well as getting vaccinated, is the best way to protect yourself if you are at risk of getting hepatitis A. One dose of the hepatitis A vaccine provides long-lasting protection in up to 95% of those who receive it. For more information on the hepatitis A outbreak in our state, visit alabamapublichealth.gov forward slash IMM. Sponsored by the Alabama Department of Public Health, the ABA, and this station. Carry on my wayward son. 
WTUD, Tuscaloosa. Lars, earlier this week, we had an opportunity to go through a little bit of the nominees for the next class, the 2024. They kind of all roll together sometimes because you got the class this year and then they adduct them, and I kind of get confused on that. But uh, bottom line is, uh, who's going to get in? And... Um, I'm trying to find my list now. Um, let's see. Let me just run through a couple. I'm, I'm going to bounce them off you. And then okay. if I feel so inclined, uh, I'll throw in there too. <coughs> um, golly, what I have now is the list of guys that will never get in, which is a problem with me. This is <laughs> being a first round. Like, and one of the guys that... David Housel just mentioned is one of those that can't make it according to their rules, and that rule is what you have to be a first round of uh, 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 first, first team, team all American. All American. Yeah. Uh, Greg Carr, who was a great player at Auburn, went on to play with the Steelers and is now a local physician here in Birmingham. Uh, he's on that list, and, and several others are as well. So, uh, as I continue to try and just yeah, kind of BS Joe Montana. Way around it. Joe, Joe Montana. Yeah. Here, well, I, I can start. I, look, I know. Um, yeah, he was never a first-team All-American. But, um, yeah, so these are uh, some some players who I think should be locks. Um, number one, and he's not the most familiar name because he didn't have a great NFL career, but uh, James Laurinaitis, uh, linebacker at Ohio State. I mean, he just was a beast. Uh, Three-time first-team All-American, two-time Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. Um, uh, 2007 uh, won the Budkiss. 2006 won the Nagurski. Led Ohio State in tackles three straight years. Led them to two consecutive uh, national championship games. Four consecutive conference titles. Like James Laurinaitis was an amazing, amazing college football player at linebacker, and really uh, was the dominant uh, player in the Big Ten of of his time. So I think he's in. Um, Michael Vick, as we, we talked about, I think Michael Vick is uh, is in um, the performance he put on in the Sugar Bowl uh, for the national championship game uh, or in the national championship game against a, a superior Florida State team is one of the greatest single performances I've ever witnessed. Um, spent a lot of time with Michael uh, with, as a walk up to the Heisman Trophy ceremony. He wrote a long story on him, and I remember thinking just how young he was. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, so and, and I think uh, Peter Warwick, who also played in that game, wide receiver at Florida State, I think he's got to be in. Uh, two team, two Is time. The running first, back going to make it too? The running back. Uh, Warwick Don. Is he up this year? I didn't. Yeah, they both are. Uh, Work done. I got that right. By the I way, think... Greg Carr is eligible. Let me correct that mistake. Work done. I'm not sure. 
I would say he probably is not a going to make it in this year. Um, I'm not even sure. I, I guess I need to. I need to understand this a little bit better. Like how many players actually get in each year? How many players are voted in? Um, but uh, some other players who I th- who caught my eye were uh, Simeon Rice, um, that defensive end linebacker at Illinois. Man, he just was uh, absolutely incredible. Uh, Julius Peppers, uh, defensive end at North Carolina. Uh, Toby Gerhardt, running back at Stanford. Um, he uh, he was Heisman Trophy runner-up in 2009, and that year led the nation in uh, touchdowns, points, rushing yards, Pac-10 player of the year. Stan- he's still Stanford's all-time career leader in uh, rushing TDs with 44. I think he's in. Uh, Mark Carrier, safety at USC, terrific player. I would, I would vote him in. And, uh, you know, it's hard. It's hard to it's hard because all these guys are so, so, so good, you know, and um, so many uh, on the ballot, too. Yeah. And and Dewey Selman of the Selman brothers. Right. 1975. I don't know. I mean, the Selman brothers where, like, I go back and watch tape of them or watch a game film of them because they played when, before I was aware of, of <laughs> football. I was, like, you know, three or three years old. But um, they were just so dominant for the Oklahoma Sooners. And they were just so big, so much bigger and the stronger and was faster. Yeah, yeah, the, the Selman brothers. But uh, Ed King. Uh, man, I was old enough to remember those guys, and they were beasts. Ed King, uh, guard at Auburn, uh, two-team or two-time first-team All-American uh, back in uh, and he was unanimous in 1990, and uh, he helped Auburn win consecutive titles in '88 and '89. Uh, but you know, as good as Ed King w- was, like, do you put him in? Um, I mean, how about Tim Couch? Tim Couch was an amazing college player, and what in, numbers? In, oh gosh, yeah. Uh, first overall pick. Um, I, I maintain that he would have had a terrific NFL career, but he just got beat up really early, and he had some serious injuries, and it just limited his ability to uh, to to push the ball down the field. Um, I, I I hate it when people call Tim Couch a NFL bust because he absolutely was not. He was a player who got hurt, and uh, it, it, it happens. Um, boy, other guys like uh, Dallas Clark, tight end at, uh, at Iowa, uh, who went on to become Peyton Manning's, uh, you know, one of his favorite targets at, uh, at, for the Colts. Uh, Kevin Hardy. Another uh, linebacker at Illinois. Gosh, he was terrific. Okay, I, let me give you a couple as we go to All right, break. yeah. Yeah, this is just too much. Just kind of give me an in or out. Uh, Josh Heupel. Out. I would agree. Most people north of us would not. <laughs> what about Alex Smith? In. Let me just read you this. Eventually. Maybe not, maybe not this year. 
uh, led Utah to the first undefeated season 12 and 0. Uh, yeah, Garrison Hurst was a hell of a running back at running back you at the time at Georgia. So, and then and let's wrap this up and go to break. Um, I really thought, even knowing him as well as we do, that Antonio was in. I tried to call him because I don't think he wants to talk about it. Langham <laughs> in or out? Langham uh, eventually in, not this year. I sure hope so. Um, I deserve it. Boy, he uh, made the play that some people think altered and changed college football for all time. But uh, I'm not so sure that's true anymore. I think the play was made when they came up with this NIL thing. Of course, that's <laughs> off the field. Back with more Big News Sports in a moment. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. It's time. Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, ETA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern-day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Miz in the Main. And if you haven't tried the Miz in the Main dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.com. Shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, Luxury Game Day Apparel Redefined. Pastor's Kitchen Mexican Food. Pastor Garcia joined their winning team Monday through Saturday. Lunch and dinner options, the great entrees like the tacos, the fajitas, the chimichangas, the great desserts, the appetizers. Pastor Garcia and Pastor's Kitchen Mexican Food joined their winning team by seeing Pastor Garcia at Pastor's Kitchen Mexican Food. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers. Who are resilient. And won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. COVID-19 has disrupted our lives, but it won't have the last word. We will. Across Alabama, thousands are getting vaccinated to protect themselves and others. Find out where you can get the COVID vaccine today at alabamaunites.com. Please get vaccinated. If you have symptoms, also get tested for COVID-19. Alabama Unites Against COVID. Sponsored by the ADPH, the ABA, and this station. And Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A hot afternoon, the sky partially sunny, the chance of a few isolated showers or storms through the evening hours. The high today, 91, tonight's low, 64. Tomorrow, partially sunny, a chance of widely scattered storms, the high, 86. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 89 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
back on Big Noon Sports presented by Haley Sansing Union Home Mortgage. Lars, Matt, Seth with you as we wrap up this Wednesday edition of Big Noon Sports. The Nuggets travel to Miami. Man, that's a long flight. Um, anyway, Denver will take on the heat tonight at 730. That's our time. Uh, even on the road, Denver is still three and a half point favorite. Uh, the Heat won game two. Uh, to many, many surprises, um, or many that were surprised. You worded it grammatically for me there, Lars. But um, you've been on the nugget wagon all year long, and uh, I don't see any reason to get off of it. But what if the Heat were to come back, home court advantage, and take a 2-1 lead? Yeah, I mean, in theory, uh, this is the Heat's series to lose now because all they have to do is win out at home. And uh, a key move was made by Eric Spolstra in game two, the Heat's coach, where he inserted Kevin Love into the starting lineup uh, after not playing Love at all in game one. And he took a lot of heat for that, uh, haha, so to speak. Um, and, and, and what Kevin Love was able to do was just add another sort of big body presence uh, in in the post and make life a little bit more difficult for Jokovic, uh, Jokic, and uh, and and um, and limited his ability to see passing lanes. As we've uh, stated, the Joker is most effective for the overall team success when he is uh, creating assists when he's making assists. If he when he scores 40, you know, that's great. But the team is more effective when he has the ball in his hands and is passing and creating opportunities for other players. The offense uh, it, it always it runs through him and it's his passing for a man that big, I think, really, which sets him apart. Right. I mean, he, he passes like Larry Bird. It, it is it is crazy how good he is. But but Kevin Love made life a lot more difficult for Joker. And uh, he only had, I believe, four assists in the game and uh, in game two. And that was a big key. So how it what's now the counter move by Denver? What do they do tonight? Uh, to uh, react to uh, the insertion of love into the lineup. And we certainly, I think you can expect love to be there again. And the thing about Kevin Love, too, I mean, he's uh, he, 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 he's a 15-year vet. This is his fifth finals. He's a cerebral player. Uh, he's just, he's somebody you want on the floor, Right, and especially with this Heat team that doesn't have a ton of explosiveness outside of Jimmy Butler, and uh, I think if the Heat can keep it close and 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 be within like six points of the fourth quarter, which is what they were able to do in Game Two, I, I like their chances to win this game. I, I, I do, uh, especially because Jimmy Butler has been so good at home this year uh in the playoffs that uh you know he's a he, he, fourth quarter is his is his time he takes over like jordan i mean he, he really is spectacular in the fourth quarter and uh and so 
again, I think on paper, Denver's the better team. I thought Denver was going to win this in five, but uh, I would not be surprised to see Miami win tonight and go up two to one. I still think ultimately Denver's going to win this series, but uh, it's going to be more hard, hard fought than I expected and I think most people expected. What, what are your thoughts? I just wonder, and you jump in and, and talk with me about this because we we often make a deal, and, and because it's justified, about playing a mile up. What happens when Denver goes to the, and I don't know that they'll turn off the AC, but the, the weather is uh, one end to the other. Uh, I guess when you cut on the AC and all that stuff, it really doesn't matter like altitude does, does it? No, I don't think so. And these guys are so used to it, you know, uh, the playing 82 regular season games and what another like 20 some in the playoffs. Like uh, uh, you, you didn't really see altitude play a role uh, in game uh, in game one or two. Um, I think where it could play a role is at, to near the end of the series. Uh, I think we did see that earlier uh, with uh, one of Denver's opponents. Can't remember which one. Uh, I think it was. I can't remember. But um, but but yeah. I I don't think you know playing at sea level um, is gonna gonna play any role at all tonight. Isn't it the Boston Garden that doesn't have air conditioning? Uh, or didn't used to for a while. Uh, it, it, sometimes it would go off, right? And then, oh, then, I they, see. They'd have condensation form on the floor, and yeah, uh, yeah, I, I do recall that. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, this will be a, a a really exciting game tonight because if the Heat can go up two to one. I mean, this would have to rank as one of the great upsets if they can, if they can, right? If they can win four, uh, it would be one of the greatest upsets in NBA history because you're talking about a team that had to win a game just to get into the playoffs as the as the bottom seed, as the eighth seed in the East, going against the one seed, a uh, team that has been but head head and shoulders better than everyone else this year especially at home and they have home court advantage but now they don't because they lost game two so uh denver is going to have to figure out how to win at least one game at home uh, or, or, or excuse me on the road and you know that that uh crowd is going to be absolutely electric tonight uh down in miami and um yeah, it'll be it'll, it'll be fun. I I really enjoy the NBA Finals, Matt. It's it's uh I, I I'm not a huge NBA guy in the regular season. You know, I I keep up with it, but uh, once you get sort of to the 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 round of like the final eight teams or so, uh, it really starts to get very interesting. And and I think tonight's game will be a fascinating sort of X's and O's matchup. Uh, between the two coaches and what is Denver's counter move to Kevin Love being in the lineup? Well, we will see tonight. I wanted to look it up real quick to see exactly. The Heat finished 44 and 38. That's not that big a difference. Denver was 53 and 29. So, but that record for the Heat was eighth best in the East. And the Denver 
Denver record got them to first in the West. Obviously, that's why they're seated number one. So uh, there you have it. Appreciate everybody dialing us in today and also very much appreciate the time uh, for Buddy Gardner and David Housel. And um, I think I'm going to give David a call here. We're going to go down there and get a lunch at Cappy's. You ever been to that deli? Really good place. Uh, I have. It's yummy. Yeah, it is good. And um, we're going to start getting him back on a regular basis. He just has so much insight into the world of college sports. And I didn't even get into it. Did you know he is a huge Broadway fan? I did not know that. And you're not going to find a bigger Yankees fan either than the young man from Gordo. So there you have it. Uh, Our thanks to Seb Shirey for dialing us up and putting everything together. And to you two as Lars. And uh, we will do this again in 22. My care.